You're listening to Emmy Award-winning host Jordan J. Adams. For over a year, every day, I drove my kids to school drunk. Now, I wasn't actually drunk. It was the lack of sleep that made it seem that way. But the CDC After the death of her son in 2008, Tara Youngblood suffered from insomnia and drunk. depression. Determined to find her way out, she spent over 10,000 hours studying the science of sleep. Applying her analytical skills from her physics and engineering background, combining multiple disciplines, including alternative medicine and sleep diagnostics, her research led to a solution and over a dozen patent filings. She's co-founder of Cryo Inc., CEO, co-founder and chief scientist at Chili Sleep Systems, a TEDx speaker and best-selling author of Reprogram Your Sleep, I am so pleased to spend this time with sleep science expert, Tara Youngblood. How are you? Thanks for having me. Great. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. So first, first, I'm so sorry for the loss of your son. And now this has led to a lifelong quest. And if it's okay, would you mind sharing with the viewers what happened? Yeah, so um, it was it was very sudden. Um, he ended up getting bacterial meningitis, um, and uh, you know it just it progressed very quickly in him. And um, it's often a diagnosis where, um, unfortunately, you end up with brain death. Um, that's not uncommon with that. And so um, we are we are very grateful. He became an organ donor, and his heart still beats and lives oh. on, um, as well as some other organs and other. Uh, to other people. And so um, I couldn't be more proud of him in a lot of ways. Uh, if he had been a firefighter or a, a war hero, it'd all be um, great, but he is, he's our hero. So um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it was a really tough time, but I, I look back and I actually had a conversation with someone the other day. And once you, once you go through loss, it puts you in a different place to be um, much easier to have that empathy, to find a place of common ground with people. And, you know, a lot of my work with veterans and PTSD and depression with them, I, I feel like that has actually been a huge silver lining to be able to, to really get to that same plane. And even though our experiences are different, the depression and, and mental illness uh, that results from, you know, any sort of trauma in your life, creates that common ground that I think more people need to talk about it and say, yeah, I, I suffer from this and this is what I have to figure out how to, how to wrap my head around my practice and my habits and my sleep in order to, to keep myself in a good spot. I've seen the videos of organ donors meeting the people who have the organs in them and whose lives were saved. And they are some of the most emotional. <laughs> I choked up talking about it. They're some of the most emotional videos that you could see. Um, and especially when the person with it's a, usually a parent or a sister or a brother who listened to the heart in that person who got the heart transplant and they hear that heartbeat. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. <laughs> that hit me hard. Yes. That's a, yeah, that's it's, a, it's, 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 <laughs> that's a moment, you know, that's a it moment. Is, it is. Did you have a chance to listen to the heart? 
No, no. Unfortunately, the person that received his heart is in Seattle. Uh-huh. Um, and so we, um, even before it was cool to do virtual, like we're doing now, yeah. we ended up doing it um, virtually. So. Oh, that's sweet. So what was it about his death that actually made you want to study sleep? It does, I'm not sure. That, help us with no, the connection the, there. Co-relection doesn't do that. So actually we had invented the chili pad, which is our, our sleep product. Um, really came out with it the year before, but we had been in sort of development and in the invention space of it for probably about two or three years. And and for me, the, the sleep connection really became, um, I felt like a hypocrite selling sleep or this product intervention. And it wasn't working for me at the time. And I had a I really had to understand how sleep works and why, because we would get these wonderful calls of this changed my life. This is so, you know, so impactful. It's, it's, you know, amazing, but it wasn't amazing yet for me. And so the path was really, really about that studying about sleep and really the power of temperature, the power of, of how to regulate your sleep, how to create a sleep recipe, as I call it, um, you know, that is unique for me. Um, and, and really create, what is that sort of testing protocol? What is that basis in which you work through and look at sleep when it's broken to find your way out? And, you know, it really isn't any different than biohacking per se, or, or some of those other ways in which we describe really going uh, deep into how our body works in order to get past something or, or to find a hack or workaround. And for me, it was really about finding that workaround. Um, I use my ruler completely different than I used the original chili pad and I can get into all the reasons why I did it wrong but I did it wrong to start yeah it's very exciting um anything that has to do with biohacking I love and I know our viewers love um and so when I heard even the phrase reprogramming my sleep I didn't even know that I pro I could program my sleep let alone reprogram my sleep um up until you know recently until I discovered you and your science I would just lie in my bed until I fell asleep. Sometimes it would take forever. It takes forever for my wife. Well, not until recently. It took forever for my wife to fall asleep. I mean, she ruminates um, and her brain works really well. And so it takes a long time to wind down because it can do so many things so well. I said, hey, you know what? Be glad that your brain is yeah. doing so many things that don't let you sleep. Like, you know, my brain has been sluggish and I want to touch upon that later on, but you know, with the brain fog and stuff, but generally I don't have the problem of sitting there and ruminating because my brain is usually, you know, fogging up on me. So I usually fall asleep pretty easily. Uh, So tell us a little bit about reprogramming your sleep or maybe even before that programming your sleep. Yeah. So sleep really is habit driven. And once you know sort of the basis of it, which really is chronotype. So chronotype is a fancy way of talking about your body clock and when that situates in relation to the 24 hour clock that governs all of us. Um, And so when you think about chronotype, it's driven by a specific gene, but you can take a quiz that is just really will get you to whether you're more morning person or night person. And there's a, a spectrum of results, obviously with billions of us, um, we're all fall in different places on either end of that in between. Um, but when you think about being a morning person, it means that you want to go to bed between nine and 10 and wake up at six, six 30. If you're more of a night owl on the extreme end, you may actually go to sleep 
ideally between 12 and one and, and you know, wake up more in that, you know, eight o'clock kind of range. So there's a pretty wide uh, scope. And then obviously then you have people that are shift workers or, or don't have consistent sleep schedules and how do you work around that? And that gets to some of the reprogramming. But once you know your clock, then you can start putting into that sort of different habits and different things that are gonna make that sleep consistent. Because sleep is really kind of a fuddy-duddy in the sense that it really likes consistency and it likes having some of those habits and, and how do we make that consistency work. And temperature uh, turns out, we didn't know it when we invented it, but it turns out it actually has a magical relationship with sleep. Um, those neurons in your brain that govern the unconscious parts of heart breathing and breathing in the hypothalamus region of your brain towards your brain stem, those are all driven unconsciously. You don't, you can, you can influence it, but you're not going to be able to change it. Temperature talks to that part of your brain. So it's pretty magical in that there's actually a sleep switch and that's part of programming your body to know when your sleep switch is and how to flip the switch. So, before we get into the cold, which I love, I can't wait to talk about cold because that's been changing everything for me. But before we get into the cold, can you reiterate how we know whether we are the chronological morning person or evening person? And I'll follow that up by saying, I know what I am now because if I go to sleep between nine and 10, I'm jumping out of bed at 6 a.m. now. Part of that, of course, that is, is the Uller. But I, but I will talk about that in a little bit. But how, for the folks at home, how can they... Uh, uncover whether they're best served by being a morning person or being an evening person? Yeah, so on our website, we have a chronotype quiz. There's a, there's a bunch out there. Um, all of them are, are pretty good. Chronotypes were first discovered in the 1970s, and so there's pretty good information out there, um, but maybe in your show notes, we can put a link to that so they can For take the quiz sure. and, and get we that will definitely put a link to your website, so if search. people are watching this right now and they want to scroll down and follow along, they can go to the website. That will be right underneath this video. Um, all right, so that's how we'll find out chronologically whether we're a morning or an evening person, and now one of my favorite subjects, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this by saying there's not been a lot of things that have moved the needle for me in my quest to try to get healthy. This whole thing for me, the whole discovery process has been for my brain because of debilitating brain fog. And that's why I'm doing this. Um, the first thing that moved the needle when nothing else did was intermittent fasting. That's been mm -hmm. a game changer for me in a huge way. I haven't, I still haven't eaten yet. We're taping this at 345 East. I still haven't eaten yet and I feel fantastic. So that's been game changer number one. Game changer number two, is putting this pad, who to thunk it, this pad on top of my mattress called Uller and putting it at 55. And I get out of bed now. My sciatic is gone. My knee pain is gone. And I'm skipping over to the kitchen and doing the dishes at 6 a.m. while my wife is feeding the kids. We have to get up early for the kids. Their school is across town. And 6 a.m. used to be nasty for me and nasty for my sciatica and nasty for my knees. It does not exist anymore. What the heck is this nice 55 degrees doing for my knees and my back? Same area of your brain that regulates, that helps with fasting actually is where also where your temperature regulation is for sleep. So sleep and, and, and fasting share a similar part of the brain, which is not unusual for those kind of things. Um, but cooling does a magical thing. Cooling itself should be almost separated from sleep and the power of, of what cooling can do. So I will say as a side 
thing, if you haven't tried cryotherapy, if you haven't tried sort of um, cycling your cooling and other temperatures outside of sleep, it will increase the oxygen levels in your blood. It will work through your inflammations. Cold is a very powerful technique. Um, from physics, we talk about that as entropy, um, and that heat and time together can take a number on our bodies. And so cooling does, does amazing things for our body. When it comes to sleep, A, it triggers, a change in temperature triggers that sleep switch. But when it comes to deep sleep, and deep sleep, especially for your users um, specifically, so when you've had a traumatic, traumatic brain injury, um, similar to some of those veterans with PTSD and, and traumatic brain injury, the combination of any sort of mental health issue, um, deep sleep is one of those elusive unicorns when it comes to when you've had problems with your brain and it becomes really difficult to achieve good quality deep sleep. In a, a normal 20 year old person, you're gonna get two hours of deep sleep. Well, by the time you're 80, that drops down to almost nothing. And when you combine any traumatic brain injuries or mental illness with it, um, you can get almost zero at any point in your life. And so what happens without deep sleep means your, your body doesn't heal or recover almost at all. Um, it means your memories aren't filed. It means that there's very little maintenance that happens. And when we think about it, if in your house, you never filed everything, anything on your desk and you've never cleaned anything up, you never removed any toxins from your house, you can imagine it wouldn't take but a month or less or a week. We've all not done the dishes or something and it gets really messy. If we're not deep sleep, our bodies are like that. And so they're sluggish. That's where you get some of your brain fog. It means over time that can turn into autoimmune disease. It can turn into Alzheimer's because the plaque builds up in our brains. And that's what they're now thinking is part of that link is lack of deep sleep to Alzheimer's and cognitive loss. So one of the first things that happens when you go into deep sleep is you actually get a brainwash which isn't mm. the brainwashing thing that we think about, but it's truly a brainwash. Your spinal fluid comes up over the top of your brain and washes it. And what it does is it does remove the plaques that have built up and those toxins that have built up and sat there. So if you imagine if you never do that, that over time that would build up. Your memories are filed. So they all sit in a holding pattern um, in your hypothalamus. And once you're asleep, you start cycling through, deciding whether that gets filed away in long-term or short-term memory. That's where, what did I have for lunch last week? That gets lost because unless it was, there was some particular event or something was tied to what you ate for lunch, you know, like your house caught in fire when you were making grilled cheese, then it might stick, but otherwise we lose what we ate or wore or those, those little bits of facts that we don't need over time. All of that happens during sleep. Your, your sympathetic system, which when you think about it, that's your fight or flight and your recovery system. Um, that system has to get back in balance during sleep. So that's where we cycle through stress and uh, physical exertion. So all those physical recovery methods, we have a lot of professional athletes. In fact, even in COVID in the bubbles, we've got full teams sleeping on it for the reason that that recovery is so important to get that deep sleep. So a lot of our athletes are actually more in the three hours of deep sleep um, because they really need it. And that physical exertion has pushed that. You know, it's so fascinating. When you said your spinal fluid comes up and washes over the brain and cleans it, it's so miraculous and so elegant and so beautiful um, and so amazing. It, it makes me just want to work with my body 
you know, it, it's funny. They, a good physician will tell you, I don't fix you. You know, I might be able to take away some pain during the healing process. I might be able to, you know, ease the discomfort in some way or point you in the right direction, but it's your body that fixes itself. And it's almost like if you, we can get out of the way and stop messing it up, it will fix itself. Now, you triggered something in my mind, and I'm wondering if they're similar um, dynamics. So during the intermittent fasting, which you know we mentioned briefly at the beginning, one of the things, if I understand it correctly, when you give your body a rest from digestion, it can now take its vital life force and cleanse itself through autophagy. So it's kind of getting rid of broken DNA and broken mitochondria and bad cells, cells that could get wacky and mm -hmm. plaque and just gunking up the system. Is that a similar dynamic to getting cold for the brain? It is. It is. Uh, well, cold in relation to sleep, yes, because cold then translates heavily into more deep sleep and, and more time in those deep sleep cycles. Um, but cold has all sorts of um, that's where a cryotherapy cha chamber is going to have other, it'll, it'll, cryotherapy will look a lot like that intermittent fasting, but you get it in an immediate hit. And so even after you've done a cryotherapy for two or three minutes, you'll walk out and you'll actually feel like you're, you've just breathed like extra air. Like you, you feel highly oxygenated, inflammation will go down and, th and things like that. Um, that same thing happens during deep sleep. That's sort of the function of deep sleep. And so, you know, one of the alternatives to taking an ice bath um, for a lot of our athletes or even a cryotherapy is, is making sure that every night you're cold enough in your muscles and your, your whole body. And, and the separation here is a lot of people will hear sleep between 60 and 68 in your room. But by the time you're on that mattress, which is often not, um, it's all man-made materials, it's not natural. So those little foam bubbles that make us feel really soft and squishy, they're actually absorbing heat and they're gonna reflect that back to us. The cover that covers over us helps insulate our bodies. And so just like a Ferrari or race car of your choice, your body needs a radiator to manage its temperature at night. Um, you wouldn't pad a Ferrari engine around with a whole bunch of insulation and expect it to work well. So you really have to make sure that that engine that you are has a chance to cool and run effectively. And it is just like an engine. You really have to keep it cool in order to, to run properly. You had mentioned earlier, and maybe you can give us hints on how to get there. Um, the three different stages, deep sleep, light sleep and REM, REM sleep. Can you mm -hmm. tell us the differences between those three st stages of sleep and where we want to spend the most of our time and how do we get in, in that, <laughs> a user's manual, if you will? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So um, the different types of sleep are really based on brain waves. And so in the truest sense, academic world, we're going to look at your brain waves and based on this frequency of those waves, we're going to see what sleep you're in. So just like um, you would imagine, REM sleep is actually looks very similar to when you're awake. Um, and that's the one that often is the last sleep cycle right before you wake up. And a lot of those dreams that feel very vivid and are, you're very active in, um, rapid eye movement or REM sleep looks a lot like what your brain does when it's awake. Light sleep is kind of a ribbon of like, almost like the, the place in between. There's things that do happen and there's a lot of research going on into what the role of light sleep is, but that's the most 
predominant part of sleep. So that's going to happen. Um, all of them will happen throughout the night, but light sleep is going to happen and is probably the one that most people, when they're looking at the density of their sleep or quality of sleep, efficiency of sleep, any of those adjectives, um, will probably throw out first because it's, it's light sleep anybody can do at any time. Um, deep sleep is the slowest form of brainwave. And that's when you, as you can imagine, your body is slowed down and it's trying to recover and heal um, and, and work through those other things. And so deep sleep, although you do work through all your different cycles, deep sleep really starts as a start of your sleep window. And that goes back to that chronotype. And so the first half of your night, it's not to say you can never have a deep sleep cycle in the second half, but it's predominantly, if we're looking at it as a unicorn we're trying to catch, we really want to catch it in the first half of the night. That's going to be most obvious for it to be there. And if it doesn't show up there, then, and then the later half of the night, oftentimes that means your resting heart rate isn't dropping soon enough. And we really still want to try to move it back to solidly in that first half. And REM sleep is kind of the opposite where um, it does occur in your other cycles as you move through all those three stages, but REM sleep is way more predominant in the second half of the night. Uh, just to get people uh, up to date, and especially for people who may just be uh, tuning in, we're talking with Tara Youngblood. She's co-founder of Cryo Inc., CEO and co-founder and chief scientist at Chili Sleep Systems, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. She's a TEDx speaker. She has a ton of videos online, you guys. You want to definitely check her out if you really want to drill down on how important sleep is and all the different stages of sleep. Uh, she's also the best-selling author of Reprogram Your Sleep. So we are talking to the right person. You have sleep issues. This is the right person to talk to. So out of those three stages you just mentioned, is there one that we want to be in more than the other and one that is typically hard for the average person to get into these days? So a little bit will depend on sort of your parameters of your genetics, your age, your gender. Um, if there are any underlying conditions, all of those will influence that. Um, deep sleep and REM sleep should be in balance though. You really want to aim for two hours of each. And so that was one of the other things that I found in my research was especially in, in someone that was young and easy to get that deep sleep, their deep sleep would start cannibalizing their REM sleep if they didn't pull back on how cold they were for the second half of the night. And so it's less of a problem for someone that has a harder time getting deep sleep, but it will be if you're, if you're finding that you're not able to keep that in balance or, um, I mean, if you're really physically active, sometimes that'll push the deep sleep to be bigger than that. And then occasional, I just ran a marathon or I just had a really big fight and it goes into three hours isn't a problem, but on a, an, a trending average, you want to keep those in balance of two hours in each spot. You know, it's interesting. Um, I have not gone into the the functionality of the Uller yet. So far, just putting it on 55, and I think I'm like Todd, your husband, just put <laughs> the ice pack in the bed, put it on 55, and I'll sleep all night like a baby. So I haven't had to do any kind of temperature adjustments, um, and I'm waking up feeling really good. So it ain't broken. I ain't fixing anything. But for some people, is it important to have it be cold for a certain amount of time and then warm it up the closer you get to waking up? And if so, why? 
Yeah, so, you know, I think it really depends. Again, um, as we get older, deep sleep is beco becomes the harder one to get. Um, REM sleep can be much more consistent. Um, some people do struggle with REM, and I can get into the disorders in which that appears. But for the most part, I'm guessing your audience um, and a lot of people as they age are going to really struggle with that deep sleep. So that's why we're you're sitting at cold the whole night isn't going to hurt you because you really need to get that deep sleep and your body's appreciating that. Um, but that just as I mentioned, REM sleep really, so your core body temperature is really important to think about. So as you go into sleep, your core body temperature is trying to drop two degrees, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when you think about what does two degrees feel like when you have a fever, it feels like a lot. Um, and the same goes for when it wants to drop. So that's your heart, your lungs, those innards, not your fingers or toes, but your core wants to drop two degrees. And again, if you're wrapped up in insulation, it's very hard for your body to put off that heat. And so once you've hit that sort of valley bottom, that, that's your first half of your night, that's your deep sleep time. And the second half, you're gonna come out of that valley. That's, you know, figure evolutionary wise, the sun is coming up, you've passed the dark of the night and your planet's starting to warm up and your body wants to warm back up as well. So those two degrees have to come back up and that's when we wanna turn off our sleep switch. So if you're having a hard time getting out of bed, one of the ways you can do it is warming yourself awake, which is another feature of Uller where you can set the warm awake alarm. And although we think of being warm and cozy in bed, if that bed gets too hot, your body actually triggers itself to get out of bed and will um, get a little jump start. I'm going to uh, share with you and with the viewers and with Todd, uh, one of my favorite biohacks for people who run hot. So I, uh, I'll go in the cold shower. And then I fill up two big 30 pound buckets of um, their Lowe's bucket. I fill them with water and I, I have an ice chest in my garage and I'll put those in the ice chest and freeze them. So I have 60 pounds of ice. Then I'll take those ice bucket, the, the buckets of ice and put them in the tub. Once I've already brought my body temperature down, then I get in the tub with the 60 pounds of ice. And my goal is not to get out of the tub until I've melted the, uh, all the ice, 60 pounds of ice. And the reason being, and maybe you can drill down on this, when my body starts getting really deep shivers, apparently mm -hmm. that's really good for it the brain. It is really good. Really it good for the so body. It is so good for you. It, why your is whole deep body. shivers good for the good? I'm doing it just because you guys are telling me it's good, but why is it good for us? So it goes back to that inflammation. It, it goes through circulation all of those, it touches every single system. Um, at a very high level for the physicist in me, if you look at the age of the universe, it is not measured in time at all, actually. It is measured in something called entropy, which is a combination of time and, you guessed it, heat. And so entropy actually is what we're headed towards as we look at that, our own mortality. Entropy is what pushes us towards that. And so just like the universe, any chance we can get to reduce the heat, especially heat over time, uh, we're going to actually help ourselves down the road. So, but you'll feel it in terms of the levels of oxygen and minerals, that, that cell transfer that's so important in your brain, but it's also in, in the neuron parts of how you fire your mitochondria, as you mentioned, um, all of those uh, little tiny parts of your cells all appreciate basically that break from the heat. Um, just like in a hot summer's day when you cool down, you start to relax and your resting heart rate can go down. Everything about cold helps you put you in that state. It's amazing. The, um, 
if you haven't Googled him or seen, heard of him, Wolfman, um, the Iceman, uh, oh, he walks yes. barefoot. Uh, Hoff. Um, yeah. you know, yep. Winhoff yeah. methods. Winhoff. Um, yes. you know, there's so much, um, that happens with cooling. So it's really important to, 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 that cold cycling, you know, will reduce your sort of, even your viral load when you think about coronavirus where we are right now and immunity and staying healthy, your recovery when you're cold and heat cycling. And again, you can't just go and hang out and shiver all the time. You need a, you need a hot and cold cycle it. And that cycling of normal to cold is really powerful for our systems. Right. Like the body, just like lifting weights is a stress on the muscles and in a way, it's, it's an inflame. You're inflaming a little bit, but you're making them stronger and better because you're demanding more of them. So I like mm-hmm. to say, like the body's saying to me, oh, you still need that? Okay, I'll keep making it for you. You still, oh, you, you, need to, you still need to keep killing deer? All right, we'll keep giving you the quads and the glutes. And for people who you know, are just kind of like trying to get their brain around this, it's important to remind them you spent over 10,000 hours studying the science of sleep. You're a sleep science expert. And you have a, you have a background also in physics and engineering, which is a wild combination of the two. And like, you know, not, not a lot of people would put those, those three entities together, but boy, what a synergistic result when you put them together. I like that. This stuff to me is just fascinating. It is. I, you know, I think that I really feel like the power is, especially when you conclude like Chinese traditional medicine and Ayurvedic traditions, you know, in, in modern science, we think we've solved a lot of things, but there are parts of, of where medicine has come from, that there are some great traditions. You know, we look at diabetes in this country as almost a terminal diagnosis, um, but it doesn't have to be. And in, in Ayurvedic traditions, they actually, again, retrain you, reprogram you, and they don't see it in an Ayurvedic hospital. You would be treated for diabetes over a six-month period and then released back to the, the world. But they'd retrain your habits and, and, and fix it. So the, the big thing we're all dealing with right now, um, the coronavirus, um, for me, I found out, I did a fight in Miami about a month ago and they tested me and the doctor said, you were exposed to the virus. You have antibodies. He said, do you recall any kind of uh, event? And I said, about three months ago, I had a little bit of vertigo. He goes, that's probably it. And I said, that's it? That's my COVID? He goes, yeah. He goes, you have a strong immune system? And I said, well, I biohack like, nobody's tomorrow and I feel really good. And he said, yeah, your body probably kind of just, you know, dusted off the virus because it's already dealing. It's already got all of those elements in place. You're stressing it all the time. So it's, you know, it's fit. Your immune system is mm-hmm. fit. So apparently I, I, I was exposed. I would put a lot of power in a, your deep sleep you're getting and B those ice baths. That combination is amazing for what it does to our immune system. You know, you need to get that deep sleep in order to cycle your whole body through that and the consistency over time. But those, those ice baths and that sort of stress pressure release valve is, it is a magical combination. They, they've tested again, back to Winhoff where they've tested people that get great deep sleep and how it's looked at their immune system. They'll give them a vaccine and see what the results are. And as far as the, the efficacy of that, there's so many different studies that have been done that your immune system really does appreciate good deep sleep. And it also loves cold cycling. 
So I'm doing a couple things, right? Okay, what's that saying? Okay, I got that going for me. Now, the stuff that I haven't gotten handled yet, and this may be out of your realm, please forgive me if it is, and just let me know if it is. On the nutrition space, do you have any opinions regarding this kind of really essentially two camps, and that's probably unfair to say, but there's kind of the paleo, keto, high protein, high fat, low carb people, and then there's the vegetarian, vegan, high fiber, high microbiome people, kind of two camps, right? I'm yeah. trying to fix my brain. That's my biggest thing is the brain fog. Do you have any opinions on that, Tara? I, I do. I do. Uh, although you're, I don't think you're going to like my answer. Um, so <laughs> oh, I love it. Opinion, I love it, man. I, I'm, I'm, compliant. Opinion, I'm a compliant patient. Just tell me okay. what to do. So my opinion is uh, there is there is no one healthy diet there's a healthy diet for you. And unfortunately, what that turns out to be is for us that are willing to biohack, it means you need to find what works for you. And so anyone that tells you that a paleo will work for everybody is wrong, flat out wrong. Our genetics are all really different. And when you look at it over time and what are all the things that go into it, very quickly you discover that a certain type of eating, just like the intermittent fasting, works really well for you. Um, there is not one thing. I will say though, that anytime you remove sugar, which is probably the biggest enemy out there in the, in the modern world, it is, it is really not good for us. Um, and you remove any of those processed chemicals, um, that is anytime you can do those two things, you're going to win no matter what. That is a hundred percent fact. But then the nuances of whether or not if you're a vegetarian and that feels good for you, then don't switch over to being a caveman diet that is all about meat. Um, you know, same with Atkins. If you're not a bacon eater, you shouldn't probably do that one. So, you know, I think there's, there's, there's a lot of value in figuring out. And I would highly recommend there's Everly Wells. There's so many different um, do-yourself testing on food sensitivities. Um, it's amazing when you, you kind of do a, a quick little finger prick and it'll come back and it'll kind of look at it. I, I would have loved Sprilla. Um, for example, it's generally a healthy kind of thing. It's green and I don't see why it wouldn't be, but it came back of, I have a high reaction to it and it really throws off my immune system of all things. Um, when I eat it, it's like a, not quite an allergy, but it's a sensitivity where it's like, huh, I shouldn't really eat that. So, you know, it's amazing what you think you're doing right sometimes and having a little bit of insight into who you are individually will help steer that. I know that's so true because I'll have a big healthy meal. Now we're four o'clock. I still haven't eaten. And my, I can almost guarantee it'll be healthy as all get out. And about 25 minutes after I eat that meal, I'm going to be like down, you know, just bonk insulin bonk. And it's got to be some kind of my immune system seeing that protein or that particular carb as a protein, as a bad protein or an invader or something. Because healthy mm -hmm. food shouldn't do that to me. No, no. And I, I will say that, you know, gluten um, gets overdone or whatever. You know, the problem about a gluten thing to me is if we just ate wheat where it's supposed to be in bread or regular carbs, but they put so many fillers in things. And it goes back to the word of that processed food. But so many of those underlying things that would or would not be a big deal 
now have become a much bigger deal because we're oversaturated on them. And so um, even if you don't want to do like the whole blood test, I highly recommend doing a food diary and experiment. Is there a night that you don't feel the crash afterwards? And if so, what did you eat? And kind of go through a testing process of your own to really look at, oh, okay, well, every time I eat sweet potatoes, uh, it, it throws me off. But whatever that is, pretty soon I'm, I'm bet betting you can find it out. I don't want to uh, end without talking about some of the award-winning products you've put together. Um, you know, you are actually doing something with that 10,000 plus hours of study, scientific study, engineering study, and sleep and temperature studies. Um, we talked about the Uller, O-O-L-E-R, mattress pad. Uller uh, yeah. without the C. There you go. Nice. It won product of the year uh, for 2019 by Tech News World. And the Chili Pad was named a best wellness product for powerful moms in business by Forbes, none other than Forbes. Can you tell us a little bit about the Uller and the Chili Pad? I, you know, I've already been singing high praises to it because I'm, I am jumping out of bed, no exaggeration, at 6 a.m. And when my kids melt down, I am not losing it anymore. So, you know, it's, just, it's, uh, it's really, it's doing something. I, I couldn't tell you what it's doing. Maybe tell us a little bit about it. You know, we know why you invented it, but tell us a little bit about the science of it. Yeah, so uh, I'll, first I'll kind of give you what the difference is between the two of them. So the Chili Pad is our legacy one. If you do file, follow biohackers, Tim Ferriss was one of our first biohackers that used it, um, but everyone since then, Dave Asprey, all of those guys uh, all wow. use it. You just named um, two of the grand poobas in the space right there. It, yes. Yes. Um, and so it's, it's really like a thermostat for your bed. Um, it is located right under your sheets. And it's, it's just like I talked about it being a radiator. It runs water at whatever temperature you set underneath you. Um, and, it, and just like you would consider a traditional thermostat where you set it and forget it, uh, chili pad is like that. And so there's a remote, but pretty much if you set it at 55, then it'll just, it just stays there. Um, or at 110, uh, depends on what you want to do. Um, the Uller is, is the next generation because it has an app and it has some of those programmable thermostat kind of feels to it. Um, there's a little bit of coaching and how you work through the schedule, just like I talked about sort of the first half of the night and second half and, and how you should think about your sleep as you're working through what will best work for you. Um, but it does all of that. It's got a little lower profile. It's got multiple fan speeds because there is a heat sink in it. That's how we work through the the temperature regulation. Um, it does a UV cleaner, so it'll clean the water, just like a humidifier, it can gunk up a little bit. And so the chili Whoa. pad, you'll have to use a cleaner, but you can buy the cleaner or we can show you how to do that. I'm putting um, but I'm it using, does it all uh, by distilled itself. water. Sorry yeah, that does it does help, especially if you have hard water, just like any other humidifier Florida. or here. All of, all of those similar sort of water things um, we'll deal with. So if you have really hard water, we do recommend um, distilled, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. It just, yeah. it'll last longer, just like your humidifier. Yeah. Well, it's fantastic. And for the people who are listening and can't read the show notes right now, would you mind giving us your web address so they can make a mental note if they're driving? A lot of people listen to this while they're driving and they might want to make a mental note so they can go look at, you know, what you're all about. What would be the best website? 
Yeah, chilitechnology.com. And, you know, you can find out more in my blogs there called Pillow Talk. Um, but you can also go and, and look through our products there. We also have a weighted blanket version, um, which is kind of interesting if you do have a, a fair amount of anxiety. And I would say um, my husband has very little anxiety and is now addicted to it. So it's worth a try, even if you don't feel anxiety. Um, but weighted blankets go back to um, some deep pressure treatments that were designed for autistic children. And they've really developed over time to be a way that you get a quick hit of serotonin um, when, when you're feeling a little bit stressed out. So if you wanna settle yourself out, even um, before a fight, I wouldn't necessarily uh, do it publicly. They might wonder what you're doing, but as far as like settling yourself down to go to sleep, your wife, for example, that ha has a hard time, my brain spins as well. And so, Weighted blankets are just a, a great way to hack that. And it's temperature regulated because, again, as soon as you put a heavy blanket on yourself, it can get really hot. Um, so you can temperature regulate that Ooh, as well. Wow, that just sounds yummy in every yeah, way. Yes, so you can make a sandwich of temperature then. Oh, well, I'm going to have to get me one of those too. <laughs> well, I thank you so much. Is there anything you want to make sure, like the three or four things that the people make sure they do just to serve a simple little mental checklist, three or four most important things to do to really try to get their brain around sleep science and just one or two actionable items. Yeah. So obviously the first thing is that chronotype to kind of understand when you should go to sleep. But the next thing that has the biggest influence on sleep is stress. And so as we think about stress, not just on emotional, but physical stress, we need to try to reset ourselves. And when you think about sleep, Think about how it starts in the morning. If you think about sleep at bedtime when you're tired, it's not going, it's going to be not quite too late, but you really want to think about it in the morning. Get outside and as silly as all these breathing techniques and meditation that you've been hearing about, they actually work and they really can help you out. So um, my best tip is since you have to use the restroom anyway, take an extra minute every time you use the restroom to breathe, whether it's a box breath, which is eight seconds in, hold for eight seconds and breathe out, or you're doing a shorter in than out where it's three seconds in, six seconds out, any breathing technique, all of them, what they'll do when you do it for a minute, you'll actually wash the cortisol out of your system. So again, if you don't want to try the weighted blanket before you go to go into the fight, if you want to, to actually just take a moment and just breathe, and settle your brain down, um, breathing will do that. And if you do it when you're using the restroom anyway, it doesn't affect your day very much. You mentioned before the fight, thank you very much for uh, that props to our audience. Uh, a lot of them being fighters, extra important for them to get their brain around this sleep science and extra important for them for the cerebral, for the uh, spinal fluid to be getting rid of the garbage. These guys, you know, when they're sparring, they're getting hit. And they're taking a lot yeah, of trauma to the head. So traumatic brain injury um, is, is a real issue. A lot of the work with the military, um, beyond the PTSD, there's a lot of traumatic brain injury there as well. And, you know, one of the problems about that is it really is very disruptive to sleep. It's very disruptive to deep sleep. And one of the things that most is affected is that deep sleep. And so when you can get your, your temperature of your bread, to talk to your brain and you don't have to participate in it. It's amazing how that gets past some of those injuries 
and goes right to the source of that regulation, which is in your hypothalamus, as I had mentioned. So it doesn't fix it, but when you look at the studies, the length of time it takes to recover, what that recovery looks like, what your um, brain functionality is and, and what happens with healing, all of those have huge percentage differences on someone that's getting deep sleep and someone that's not. And I know you and Todd with your various companies um, and you guys have just done such a great job and been so successful. I know you guys uh, do a lot of uh, giving to the various uh, veteran uh, organizations. Is there anything you want to shout out there? If, if people want to learn more about the traumatic brain injuries and some of the sleeping science protocols around that? Yeah. So I, I don't have, um, you know, most of our work with the military, unfortunately, um, a lot of the research is uh, sort of proprietary and military is good at like not wanting oh, yeah. you to talk oh, about yeah. those kind of things. <laughs> um, but I, I will say we, we do work with various uh, veterans. And if you are a veteran, we um, you can apply to get a free one um, during COVID and I'm really still going on. Um, we've given uh uh, over, I think it's a million and a half dollars worth of product now to healthcare workers this year. Um, they have some of the worst sleep for people that really should be considering uh, health and sleep, but they, the shifts and the timing and all of the things for their sleep is terrible. Um, so, you know, support all of those people any way you can with encouraging them to sleep as well. Golly. Well, I mean, we just, we can't, Thank you enough for everything you're doing for the veterans, uh, for, you know, the first responders and just learning about this science. You know, I'm indebted to you, all the people who, you know, you spent all this time and I don't even know if you knew back then these 10,000 hours you were doing, all, like how many people, you know, like you've, you've gone what, what we call vertical. You went vertical. You, you specialize. That is specialization. I did. I did. <laughs> I did just start with me trying to fix myself. But um, I think that the fun part is, is it did, it gave me a pathway to, to make a difference. And it is probably my, the thing that on the days that are like, Oh, this is really hard. Um, it is those conversations or, you know, having a moment with a veteran. We, I talked about sort of that silver lining of having the empathy. Um, I've had a lot of, you know, really big guys that don't tear up or, or show emotion. And we're sitting there um, sharing some tears over what they've gone through and what their sleep looks like. It's, it's really, it's, it's not, it's, it's just heartwarming to even make a small impact on that because that's, a really big deal for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm not going to call over a million dollars worth of uh, help a small impact. That's a huge impact. And that is a direct um, reflection of how hard you and Todd have worked. Thank you for the impact. Thank you for the difference you're making. And thank you for all the science that's helping me, you know, um, you know, like, and hopefully this gets into a lot of people's hands and it's just like, you know, people helping people. It sounds kind of corny, but it's true. It's people helping. It is. And, and to that note, if you have questions, I am online as a sleep geek or reach out through Chile and any of the social channels. Um, we work really hard to answer any questions you, you have or any way we can help on that. Tara Youngblood, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. For our full schedule of fights on the NBC Sports Network, CW and ABC affiliates, visit unitedfightalliance.com. United Fight Alliance. United, we fight.